This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Patreon is a monthly subscription that you can cancel anytime. And PayPal is a one-time donation. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The handle, The Beirut Banyan. And you can find us on our YouTube channel with the same name. And you can start watching the episodes as they're released. Thank you for listening. And thank you for watching. I'm Rani Shatah, and this is the Beirut Banyan. So on a day like this, um, I think I spoke to maybe a dozen or so friends, uh, friends of the podcast, um, people that for the most part, feel frustrated with uh, the verdict today, the special tribunal for Lebanon's verdict. And I, I think frustration is the overarching emotion. I think uh, maybe there's a sense of disappointment. And at the same time, it's obvious that something fundamental happened today, something that may uh, be a critical uh, moment in Lebanese history that we can actually name an individual from an organization responsible for an assassination, the bare minimum happened. But that said, there is a frustration. And I feel it for many reasons, and we're going to sort of explore a lot of these things. But uh, the reason I messaged you today is because I sensed that you felt the same way. And it's just a matter of reading a certain number of tweets in a row and in a way bothering you to see if you're free in the evening. You're very generous. Um, I know the legalities are not our expertise and I, I don't wanna really go there anyway. I just wanna explore what's at stake and uh, maybe the wider story of justice and accountability and what protesters have been demanding since October 17. And we spoke last time, I, I believe it was either October or November. It was in the first weeks of the protest movement. And we touched on many things, local demands. We also touched on regional affairs and how they work together. Um, not usually for the better of the average Lebanese citizen. But I'd like to re-explore all these things and, and maybe we can start with just the emotions. Uh, do you feel frustrated in the sense that you were hoping for a bigger moment, meaning that after 15 years, 15 and a half years following Hadid's assassination, were you expecting a, a maybe a, it's almost like a, you would want to see somebody head to jail rather than a trial in absentia, you'd want to see the criminal facing charges and being sent away, something very basic. Is it Does it come from there or does it actually come from that after all this time, we're settling on one name, a mid-level figure who clearly did not do this on his own, but that's what we're given. We're given that and we're given 2,600 pages of information to look at later. I just wanna get your immediate reaction. What, what, what is frustrating to you in the last few hours since the verdict was issued? Um, look, I, I always had a a realistic sense of what to expect from from the STL. Um, so much time has uh, uh, has uh, uh, lapsed since uh, the assassination. The process was uh, was complex. Uh, it, it, the, the setup of the court it's a hybrid court. Uh, the threshold for evidence, uh, you know, it took so much time. Um, it was it was draining. Uh, at one point, you remember, it was the focal point of of Lebanese politics for uh, things. So you know, we we all went to the ups and downs, um, and the the the. But I never saw that uh, thought that the verdict would be a transformational moment for mm. Lebanon. Mm. Um, now, and so so I I wasn't uh, um, uh, uh, in a way really uh, uh, angry or disappointed today. 
uh, I was more, uh, I wasn't really angry. I was disappointed, sorry, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in this sense. Uh, but then I took some time to, to reflect. And why was I disappointed? I think I was disappointed because this morning when I woke up, I'm like, you know, let's hope it's going to be something big. I mean, you know, you, you, you basically, I mean, I'm an analyst. I, I hope I'm sober uh, most of the time. But you allow yourself a time. I hope you're not having a that, drink in the morning. I mean, that's, that would be detrimental well, exactly. to the analysis. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I mean, for, for a second, I thought, you know, for, for, for a few hours, I thought perhaps it will be different. It will be yeah. bigger. And so, you know, I mean, I set myself up for, for disappointment in, in, in this sense. <laughs> but I looked, I thought about the verdict in the afternoon. And in fact, the verdict, while unsatisfactory at several levels, however, settles one thing. This one individual, Ayash, was, yes, a uh, mid-level commander in Hezbollah, but he has been found guilty on numerous charges. Um, And it's clear in the verdict that he conducted this operation as part of an organization. It wasn't a lone act. Now, all the rest, for you and for me and others, is, uh, you know, we know the context of Lebanon. We know that Hezbollah as an organization, you know, doesn't allow lone uh, uh, operators to do their thing. We know how big the operation is. The, the judges today spent hours recounting the, the facts, the data, you know, how big the charge is and, and the cover-up that evening and uh, and the, the total disregard that the Lebanese government in 2005 right. had for, yes. for, for, uh, uh, for the victims and, and how it dealt with the, the crime scene, etc. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're able to connect the dots at, the, at that level. Um, and so it is a political charge in a way. You know, we, we look at a specific organization that conducted a specific act. Um, and we were given by the STL a crucial element, the fact that there's a specific individual who's named, who's, I won't say his life history, but the relevant history was given to us. Yeah. Uh, on that. And so I'm not saying we'll find closure. And again, I stress the point, this, the, the, the verdict was never going to be a transformational uh, moment for Lebanon. It wasn't going to make us feel good, and it wasn't going to change the balance of power. It wasn't going to, you know, give us the justice that we denied, denied all along. Um, but it gave us something that we never had before, which is a name, a link to a specific uh, uh, set of, uh, of actions uh, on, on an issue of, uh, that, that shook Lebanon. Uh, it's a turning point. It was a turning point in our in our history. So I don't I don't uh, you know the way the the verdict essentially allows uh, everyone uh, to interpret it the way they want. I mean you know the, the, and this is in a way the the irony and the perverse uh, element in all this is that if you're if you're Hezbollah, uh, you spent. Uh, uh, over 10 years, uh, 15 years, uh, denigrating the an international investigation mm-hmm. and the tribute. You called it uh, the product of the Zionists and the, the Crusaders and the Wahhabis and whatever. You, you know, you, you, you did not cooperate with the investigation and so on. And today you're faced uh, with the fact that actually that tribunal, when it felt it didn't have enough evidence to find some individual guilty, said so. But when I felt that they had evidence to uh, uh, find an individual guilty, the tribunal did so. And so in a way, the tribunal asserted its credibility as well today. And that's also something else to, to, to consider. Look, ultimately, this process was unsatisfactory. It took way too long. It's very clear that the, the bulk of the investigation had been it was ready 10 years ago. It, we didn't right. need to drag it another 10 years. Uh, in, those past, in those 10 years, the, the region has changed massively between the war in Syria and all the regional competition and, uh, and uh, the, the deal with Iran and then the collapse of the deal and, and uh, you know, the development of uh, militias in Iraq and in, and in Syria. I mean, in the death, uh, the assassination of Soleimani. I mean, that's not the, 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 the region that we knew in 2005 where, or, right. or, or, or even 2010. So the issue has really lost uh, um, 
its place on the regional agenda. Uh, it's no, it wasn't, it, it's not, it is not at the center of politics anymore. Mm -hmm. But for, for us as Lebanese, I go back to that point, we never had a, an honest process uh, where we put all the facts on the table and try to see, you know, what makes sense, what can be proven, um, and, and figure out, you know, is, is there a specific person who can be blamed for it? So, yeah, I mean, you know, like you, I'll, I'll go to bed tonight and I'm like, okay, I, I wish it were bigger. I wish, you know, more names had been named and so on. But remember, the tribunal, um, you know, the scope of its uh, investigation um, and uh, uh, was limited. Uh, it could not name uh, uh, entities or countries. Right. You know, yeah. so all these headlines that say that the tribunal found Syria and Hezbollah uh, uh, not guilty or evidence, that's, that's not what the tribunal was, uh, uh, was about. It was about those four individuals, five when, but while Badreddin was still alive, and it did find, you know, one individual without the, uh, a shadow of a doubt uh, to be, uh, you know, central to the organization and uh, the conduct of this assassination. I mean, I'm going to ask you this, and this is a very broad question. Do, do you think the verdict has any impact on the day-to-day -day affairs right now, at least when it comes to uh, pushes, well, sorry, not pushes, uh, protesters pushing for reform, or, or just the wider story of accountability? And I know that these are not crimes that are linked necessarily, but two weeks ago, the nation was shaken to its core with these blasts of the court, and people get killed, and there's sort of rage on the streets, and you see people demanding some form of justice. Does the tribunal in any way to you link to that wider struggle that we're seeing on the ground right now? And just that there is a genuine aspiration for accountability, and the verdict is, in a way, it's supposed to help in that wider story, giving us a name, like you just said, and offering us maybe an answer, when in other assassinations they've kind of just been sort of swept under the rug and we never know really what happened. So do these stories link or are they fundamentally separate? And, and because 15 years has gone by, that there's just, there, the STL's verdict is a blip and there's a much different story on the ground right now. Okay, uh, unsatisfactory answer, yes and no. I mean, I think, I think- <laughs> That's the verdict. Yes, because, uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. I, uh, um, I find inspiration in The Hague uh, for, for, you know, all As my- long, You know, maybe we should listen, the Mueller report, the STL verdict. Yeah, exactly. These are all yes and no's. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, look, I think the yearning for, for truth, for justice remains. Mm -hmm. But in a way, the, the, the conclusion of the SCL today um, shows that international uh, investigations are not the panacea. Uh, that you know, um, and and I'm 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 certainly not arguing that we shouldn't have done the SCL. Actually, I think it was it was good to be to do all this. I'm just describing the, the mood. Like a lot of people will say, it took 15 years and a billion dollars to get to that. Um, you know, big disappointment uh, uh, from from that perspective. The other thing is that you know the clamor in in the streets was for an international investigation of the the explosion at the port, right? And so, what was the the answer of President Aoun and others? It's like it's going to be a waste of time, and uh, this is exactly so. This dismissive attitude, yeah. certainly not something I I subscribe to. I want to be clear about this, but. Guess what? In a way, now they can point at the STL uh, and say, oh, you know, you want again this and you will be disappointed and you want. I mean, it's a very populist talking point. It's right. not an argument that will win over uh, people like us. Mm -hmm. um, and, and but, you know, you cannot dismiss, uh, dismiss it. Look, ultimately, a lot of people who, you know, supported the STL didn't do so. Uh, because they were Hariri supporters. Right. I mean, I don't count myself as a Hariri supporter. Uh, I disagreed with a lot of his economic policies. I disagreed with how he ran the affairs. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, 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 you know, sing the praises uh, of Hariri. I mean, in, in some ways, he was, he was a, a remarkable man, and others, a pretty flawed one. Mm -hmm. um, 
but the point was that you know when when uh, we asked for an investigation and we asked for an international tribunal and so we did it for on 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 matters of principle you know Lebanon at the time was under Syrian occupation. Uh, we, it, it, there was a very strong suspicion that a foreign country had had a hand in killing a, you know, a foremost official of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was absolutely no reason to believe that the Lebanese government at the time would have conducted a, a fair and, and a transparent investigation. Um, and, 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 but it was also the point. We needed justice, if only to say that in Lebanon, you, it's not just about revenge. It's not about you know uh, the, the grievances that fester forever and those those assassinations that happen and then suddenly we forget about the victims and we forget. I mean, it was again a matter of principle. It wasn't just political expediency. It wasn't just uh, you know uh, opportunism. Oh, let's let's corner Hezbollah or the Syrians or whatever for this. Yeah. It was fundamentally about wanting the, uh, uh, things to be different. You know the, the 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 issues of of justice, of uh, of peace, of security. We we wanted something fundamentally different. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we we were successful, and and we can you know I mean I think we should relate this uh, this discussion to exactly what you say. What's happening on the streets, which is in 2005, you know you had this March 14 movement, mm-hmm. um, but the March 14 leadership. Uh, that so many people uh, supported was not a reformist leadership, and right. actually it contributed to bring to to bringing the country to where it is uh, today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes you 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 think you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, um, and you then actually realize that the corrupt politics of Lebanon uh, take over. Uh, that uh, you 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 start with the best of intentions, uh, and you end up in places you don't want to end up. With that said, my assumptions, looking back now to 2005 and 2006, prior to the tribunal, just the investigation, that the disappointment that you just described and, and that wider feeling of that there's some positive in the story, but it's sort of mired with, with a lot of, uh, we wanted Lebanon to improve, not reach where we are today. I, I, I felt the same way back then. And it goes back to the maybe... The decisions made early on that not to push too hard with this investigation and to maybe, in a sense, water it down. And then years go by where not much happens. And I think it's, it's been a 15-year journey of repeated disappointments. And that includes other assassinations. And on a personal level, and we talked about this a bit before recording, I think I would have liked to see political assassinations end with Hadidi's assassination, but that sort of should be the, the, the last one, and that we no longer have to deal with this, that politics can be discussed. Whether it's with Hezbollah or any other group, it doesn't matter. And that to me is something that is, maybe it's missing from the, from the story. It's that we still live with political assassinations. We also live with a group that does not tolerate a certain level of criticism, and that violence is part of the story, even in 2020. So I, I think I, I, my frustration, and speaking on my own, uh, my own behalf here, is that I lost my father eight years after Rafi Hariri's assassination, uh, four years after the tribunal goes into effect. And like you said earlier, this is 15 years later, that it just took too much time. I, I'm trying to, maybe I'm, I'm not doing it in, a, in the best way possible, but I'm trying to maybe determine whether or not this is really just now a chapter that we've closed and we're now entering something that's, in a way, the STL does not uh, provide any tools that we can use right now in, in fixing things. That justice, it's still an aspiration. It's not something that we can learn from this, take from this and say, now we have something to actually prevent further assassinations from happening. I can see it happening again. And I can see violence continue. And I can see, you know, political crimes recurring. And I don't want to sound too bleak here, but back then, 15 years ago, I I really thought that we were turning the page for the better, not for the worse. Does any of that resonate with you? Just just in terms of the, the long 
unhealthy journey we've gone through <laughs> since 2005. Certainly, I mean, you know, I, I, I everything you said is, you know, I, I feel it. Mm. Um, you know, the the STL um, was not clearly a deterrent to right. uh, more political crime. Yeah. Um, it took so long that it was overtaken by the geopolitics, the changing geopolitics of the region, exactly. the changing politics of Lebanon. Uh, the, I mean, you know, consider all the ups and downs inside Lebanon. Remember in 2019 scene when Saudi Arabia and yes. Syria had the rapprochement and then suddenly, you know, uh, 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 Prime Minister Hayy has to go to Damascus. Uh, yeah. Do you see, I mean, can we, do we want to go back to all the political deals that have been made in the process that, you know, didn't make much sense to, to us? But, but in a way, the fact that the investigation and the trial took so long um, set us up for failure. I mean, you know, they, in, in, in a way, it just, it, it, you know, right. everything was exposed to, uh, 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 to all the vagaries of, of inter, uh, regional and international politics. Right. Uh, and, and, and today, I mean, look, the situation in Lebanon today is so dire that one cannot uh, 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 be mad if people just brush the whole thing away. I mean, for, for most people in Lebanon today, uh, it's all about survival. Uh, it, it, uh, people are, are uh, 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 the proportion of people under the, the poverty line is, is stunning. Uh, we're starting to hear about uh, uh, potential famine. Uh, we hear all the time, and we know the statistics are, are quite scary about the number of people who have lost jobs, people who can't send their kids to school, uh, universities that are in dire straits, hospitals. I mean, people are in survival mode right now. Yeah. And so 15 years ago, uh, we sold them, you know, the idea that interna in, in international uh, investigation will help Lebanon get on track, you know, that it right. will actually be a positive shock to the country. Yes. And the reality 15 years later is that it's not the case. Um, and you also mentioned uh, the issue of, uh, you know, further political assassinations. And so I agree. I mean, I, I think we are entering a very dangerous period uh, of, of our history uh, where because of the collapse of the, the, the financial and, and political collapse of the country, uh, it's very possible that people will seek a sense of protection, security, uh, will seek uh, benefits and, and, and food, you know, <laughs> from the typical sectarian warlords and so on. And that will open a new chapter of violence in, in the country. And this time, uh, they won't be an international community that so interested in, in coming to our rescue. Right. Uh, they won't be generous benefactors left and right, um, you know, including on the tribunal. You know, tribunal, uh, a number of countries have pitched in mm -hmm. uh, to, to keep the SAL on. It wasn't just Lebanon, mm -hmm. uh, for that matter. But, you know, Lebanon is, is uh, much lower on the priority list. I think the, the Beirut blast, in a way, created a wave of sympathy uh, you know, uh, everyone from uh, uh, Russell Crowe to Rihanna <laughs> to I mean, no, but and 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 I'm 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 generally thank, thankful for it, but but you know, yet again, it's it's it, you have sympathy, you have all this, and then a couple of weeks later, you realize that okay, perhaps it won't amount to much. Uh, perhaps you know, Jovan uh, Basile uh, and Saad Hari and Nasrallah and whatever are still up to their typical games that uh, we're still talking about the formation of a government uh, the way we used to before, as yeah. if we didn't lose our port and, you know, <laughs> border of our capital. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just surreal. And, and in the meantime, what you have is uh, a, a uh, so the military gets emergency powers in, uh, in Beirut. You know, the security agencies have failed us, essentially, yeah. uh, because they couldn't, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, they couldn't get to this bomb before it detonated, but now they have the power to uh, repress uh, protesters. Uh, I mean, it's it just, I mean, it's all so crazy in a way, but, you know, again, the problem in the country is that there is a lack of leadership among reformist forces. Um, you know, people really disagree on the issue of the international, in international investigation. Again, even on the issue of the ports. 
uh, you know, there are people who, you know, don't want to, uh, 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 to go down this road, even among protesters, for that matter, because it's always an issue of sovereignty and so on. So my point is like, sovereignty, I mean, half of the population is applying for visas to get out of the country, <laughs> and we're talking about sovereignty. I mean, you know, it, so, you know, the, 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 the tribunal wasn't a positive shock. And in a way, the, and I, I fear that the, 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 the port explosion, which was horrendous, I mean, I, I keep thinking about it, and I'm, you know, those of us who are abroad also feel a lot of guilt for not being there and not, not helping and, 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 and saying, but, but for a moment, one thinks that it's going to be, it's, it's going to uh, shame those, those politicians so much that they will do the honorable thing. Except that one day or two days later, you know that there is not an ounce of honor <laughs> in these Absolutely. guys, and they're back to their horse trading. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I like that you, you kind of, you said it several times, and it's true that time, the duration matters. Tribunal, you're absolutely right. This could have been wrapped up years ago, and maybe it would have had a, maybe it would have been more useful back then. And today, this is two weeks after the port blasts. When it comes to uprisings and, and revolution and change, by now, one of the usual suspects would be in jail or they'd be so afraid to go on TV, they wouldn't give silly interviews. That there would be so much fear that you would actually see the beginnings of something new, and that didn't happen. And I, I completely share that sentiment. We're going back to politics as usual, and, and that's the worst outcome for this kind of tragedy. I'll also echo something you said earlier about uh, the potential for assassinations to, to happen. Um, I think that is part of the reason why the protest movement did not naturally have a leadership at the beginning. But it is to its detriment long term to not have a structure that you can work with or, or have dialogue with, or for that matter, work with internationally. So that the, the threat of assassination keeps this protest movement to some degree from, from organizing in a way that it could achieve political authority. And then you have the regional story, which you, which you mentioned earlier. And I want to ask you your I mean, you're somebody who analyzes the region for a living, so you're the perfect person to ask this question. Um, we've had other tribunals in history, ICTY, ex-Yugoslavia, but complementary to that tribunal is the Dayton Accords that ends that conflict, and then Kosovo ends with NATO's involvement, so there's a lot of intervention, and the ICTY does its job, and then we see very shocking things the Serbian president in jail, Milosevic, dies of natural causes in jail. And his name escapes me now, but the Bosnian Serb paramilitary leader who just... Rachel Was that his name? The one who committed suicide on TV? Rachel yeah. Are you sure about this? I don't think it's him. I, I know he's... Uh, he's one okay, of them. That, that was the main one. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Mladic, yeah. Karadzic are the two big ones. Yeah, yeah the top two. Sorry. The yes, two. but they're one of them. I, I yeah, don't... Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, his it name... Wasn't him. You're right. You're right. right. He's on TV, takes that poison and commits suicide on live television, but commits suicide facing trial. Doesn't commit suicide at home. And you know what? Uh, I mean, that is justice finding its course, but it's not justice born simply out of a tribunal's desires. Does the regional story at the end of the day matter the most to Lebanon? That there is a group right now, its leader sort of, as you said earlier, derailed the STL's verdicts, that's of no concern. The accused uh, Salim Ayesh is probably sleeping in his home tonight. And these things will not change unless there's a regional dynamic at play that favors the sovereignty of Lebanon. And it almost sounds so romantic to say it that it sounds silly, that there's a regional understanding to shield Lebanon from regional problems, wishful thinking maybe. But is that what's at stake at the end of the day? where you would see maybe the turning the page for the better, where political violence is no longer a, a favored weapon by certain groups, and that you could actually see reform and accountability and the incompetency, the, the recklessness that's plaguing Lebanon right now, that it would eventually stop and we can rebuild. So regional 
external actors that has that still participate in in Lebanon's affairs. Is that what's at stake, or or is it still a a grassroots sort of protest movement that will have to get there on their own? Because in my mind, there's always an interplay between the two, but today it exposed something to me, which is if the region doesn't want it, it won't happen. And the STL, well, and the STL, and I say this carefully, can go to hell. We don't care. Look, the the region will not want uh, justice and accountability in Lebanon more than uh, the Lebanese will want it. Yeah. And if anything, I will. I suspect that any regional settlement, however improbable it is at the moment, yeah. uh, will will. Uh, 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 favor stability over justice again. Right. Uh, so, you know, if tomorrow for, you know, let's, let's dream together, uh, the Iranians and the Saudis uh, and the Americans and others, you know, figure <laughs> out, uh, you know, the, the perfect formula and so on, they're not going to sit at the table and say, okay, Lebanon, let's open the file. Oh, assassinations. Yeah, we have to do something positive <laughs> about it uh, yeah, yeah, to, to fix this. It's not going to happen. I mean, and and to be honest, you know, uh, uh, I mean, at this point, it's, the region has changed massively. You know, yeah, yeah. the uh, Saudi, uh, you know, which footed part of the, the bill for the tribunal, like like others, is much less interested in Lebanon than it was before. Right. And and in fact, you know, even even in 2009, I go back to this where when uh, King Abdullah reconciled with Bashar al-Assad, and you had the so-called clean scene, and I mean, it shows you that the the political preferences of these regional powerhouses uh, can change and can affect small countries like ours. I think first and foremost, it's a question of uh, civic responsibility inside, inside Lebanon. Mm. We, 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 want, we need to want nonviolence. We need to, to want accountability. We need to want uh, uh, justice. If we don't, then we shouldn't expect the neighborhood uh, to be kind to us um, and uh, and to to you know give us any of this. By the way, there's no, there won't be accountability and and uh, and justice and transparency and and so on in these other countries either. I mean, you know, they, they just to, to to be clear, this the you know the regional powerhouses uh, are not embracing uh, the the values that we hope uh, will Absolutely. take Lebanon yeah. to, to the next stage. So, <laughs> I'm very cynical from, from that perspective. And I think this is where, you know, in Lebanon, we're very good at missing opportunities. We had this, this small moment where actually there was enough attention, enough international investment and so on in the case, but we wasted it. Uh, we wasted it because uh, we were calling for justice uh, in, in The Hague, uh, but our various governments in Lebanon uh, did not deliver justice to, their, to the citizens, whether it's yeah. social justice, whether it's uh, reform of the judiciary, of the security services. I mean, they, so, you know, we, we, we and, and to some extent, it's true. And I, and I, I stress this to some extent, because I, I want to be, I don't want to be misunderstood on that one. It's true that the importance given to the Hari assassination in particular was for political reasons. But it was a political assassination. It was a leader. It was this. But, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it was politicized or whatever. I mean, it was, it was right. nothing quite. Right. It was, it was a, 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 the foremost leader of the country at that point, yes. um, you know, killed in very specific circumstances. But it does not justify, you know, the, the, the lack of, of reforms and the incompetence and the injustice. Um, that the Lebanese suffered after, including by people who were in the camp pushing for international justice uh, on, on, on the Hariri assassination and other assassinations. That's, this, is, this is quite fundamental. We had many years during which we could have pushed a reform agenda in this country and prevented things to get to where they've come. But we spent these years celebrating Lebanese resilience <laughs> you know, a word that I despise. It was, it, resilience for me was avoidance, it was complacency, it was kicking the can uh, down, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was resilience. You know, 
Lebanon was not is not immune to the laws of physics or economics or 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 security or anything else. You know, all this was was meant to come back and become part. Um, and that's what we lost in the in in the process. It's like we we thought that uh, the, uh, we acted as a spoiled child. Uh, we wanted our international justice to be given to us by the FPL. Uh, we wanted money to avoid uh, enacting reforms, uh, so we, we 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 were begging. We told everyone, "It's like, oh, poor Lebanon. Yeah, we have uh, you know a, gar a garbage crisis. Yeah, because that's because of the Syrian refugees." No, no, it's not because of the Syrian refugee. But it's easy, you know, like to link our structural problems to, to others. But in the meantime, you know, we would go to uh, donor conferences and, and go and beg for more money and, and so on. And that, this is what, in a way, angers me. It's like, we, 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 as we discussed, we failed to actually get a satisfactory verdict at the SPL, although what happened isn't as bad as, you know, from a purely, uh, uh, from purely the the, uh, the prism of the case, I don't think it's that bad. But mm. politically, it is. Mm. Um, but then, you know, everything else we got wrong to the point where <laughs> two thousand seven hundred fifty tons of ammonium nitrate blew up, destroying one quarter of our capital. I mean, you know, you and I are laughing, but we're we're we're, we're in tears inside. Laughing I mean, in shock. Know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean of course. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 this, this, this is our city. These are our people. And, yeah, you know, and, and that's yeah. how bad government got. Um, I, I'll, I'll only pick your brain on this. And I don't want, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but since you, you are kind of, you're bringing up something that resonates with me immediately. And, and as somebody who was there during the protest up until, I was there until January. So, I mean, Everything that went wrong, went everything that could go wrong went wrong, and that includes the Beirut blasts in the port. It's almost like all the problems lined up for that occasion and destroyed the city. Is there anything to do with the lack of interest, let's say, in making the investigation in 2005 uh, in a way more important because it I'm using this term very loosely, accountability. Everything you just said, the worst Lebanese politicians in recent history emerged in those years after his assassination, after Hadidi's assassination. And by 2016, you said it earlier, it's like the worst kind of deals were made just for political survivability. And you had people making... It really was just pure petty politics and it, at the detriment of Lebanon. And then by 2019, the population has said enough. But is there anything about, you have a massive attack in 2005, and you're right, it's a political assassination, but that because the repercussions were, were fairly small to at least the group participating in that kind of attack, that they were better more emboldened, let's say, to steer the politics of Lebanon in a direction that was to the detriment of everyone. That includes their allies. And that includes the nominal opponents that stayed alive, largely on their terms, too. That you ended up in a situation where the accused simply got more and more powerful and the state got weaker and weaker and weaker, and that the worst disaster in recent history happened on their watch is there anything to that that look because i i still feel like 2005 2006 and i agree fully with what you said had there been more of a push back then we may it's hypothetical we may have been able to address other things that culminated in the last 15 year downward spiral look the way i see it is the is the following um every political leader in Lebanon uh, has an interest in a weak state. Uh, mm. These guys are mm. essentially predators. Um, mm. they, they want a functioning state, uh, one that generates profit, rent, uh, uh, public sector jobs, uh, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. But uh, essentially, they want a weak state. Now, the 
for for us the the challenge is that Hezbollah is 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 different from from them in the following sense: all the others are predators. They exist, but they exist within the system. Hezbollah wants to be inside the system and above the system at the same time. I don't think that the danger, contrary to a lot of you know my my Lebanese interlocutors and friends, I don't think Hezbollah wants to dominate the right. system. Absolutely, that wants to control Lebanon. Right. Hezbollah cares about three things. First, its armed status. Second, its strategic and operational autonomy. Mm-hmm. And and third a veto right over security and foreign policy. But it will do everything to protect these three things. Mm -hmm. Everything. And we've seen it. Now, the problem for us reformists all along was the the following, and that was a dilemma I lived and and, and others, I remember him, is to say, okay, we want to build a strong state, a state that is capable, competent, responsive. Mm -hmm. We want a state where all Lebanese are citizens, where you know every vote matters, where we dismantle sectarianism and, and, and so on. Yes, of course, it's, a, it's going to be a very difficult process. But then the question for us is, where do we start? And for a number of us, and especially because of the Hari assassination, the starting point was we need a process to disarm Hezbollah. I'm not saying that, and, and to, to guarantee Lebanese sovereignty. Um, and for us, uh, the, the alliance or the, the acceptance of the March 14 political leadership mm-hmm. was a means to an end. It's that, okay, you know, with these guys, you know, perhaps we can push a process to disarm Hezbollah. And I'm not talking about a violent process, politics that have been used and so on, yeah. and to guarantee Lebanese sovereignty. And then once this is addressed, then you move on to political reform. Okay, so in a way, it was a question of uh, it was it was the sequence thing that we had in mind. Mm-hmm. Others would argue that no, the other way. we yeah. had it right. You yeah. start with political reforms, and then you deal with Hezbollah. But right. then the question for us was that if that's the case, and and you know there are proposals like that for you. Actually, you, we start political reforms, and we freeze the issue of Hezbollah, and then once the state is strong enough, then uh, you know we address the question of Hezbollah. And my my point is that so you're asking us to take heads on all those politicians, except the most powerful ones who may end up benefiting from all our efforts to undermine you mm-hmm. know, the, 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 all those dramas. Mm-hmm. That, that was a discussion. I mean, and there are others who say, uh, and that's where I found myself at the end, is to say, no, these two things have to happen at the same time. It's not sequencing uh, political reform first or, uh, and then disarmament of Hezbollah or, or disarmament of Hezbollah, then political reform. Mm-hmm. Both need to go hand in hand. Um, and essentially, we failed. And, and you know, we could have uh, uh, used the momentum of 2005 uh, uh, to do so. And I say we a lot. Uh, to be honest, I, didn't, I wasn't in Lebanon. I, I personally was never a political activist. I mean, at, the, at a much more intellectual level that, uh, that I operate. That's, the, uh, that's the imperial we. I'll, I'll let you determine no, no, how, exactly. how far I, your boundaries I, go. <laughs> no, but, 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 you know, I, I used to, I, I, I love these discussions and I, I, you know, I, I used to be quite engaged intellectually on this, but so I, I had no, no role, but I, the, I see I, it was quite important. It, it was a quite important discussion. And today the, the reality is, is that the bet of 2005, which is to say, let's make a deal with the March 14 political leadership. I'm not talking about the crowd, and so, but let's. Yeah. Or, or the principles, uh, failed essentially. Yeah. And these guys did strike deal after deal with uh, Nabi Habari, with Aoun, with Hezbollah, with you know everyone else. They themselves uh, are corrupt and, uh, and incompetent and so on. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't give them the, the uh, 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 any, any uh, we, we shouldn't be too generous uh, yeah. on them. Um, and they got us where uh, where we uh, where we are essentially. I mean, I would qualify all this by saying, and I wrote it: um, the leadership of March 14 does not use coercion against its dissenters and, and rivals, and that's one big difference mm-hmm. with the leadership 
of uh, uh, of Hezbollah and, and others, which has used coercion and intimidation and so on. So, yeah. you know, uh, one argument that uh, we have to be careful, and I, I when when people scream Colonia Nicolona, I, I I scream even louder than them because I do believe in it. But it doesn't mean that we should make false equivalences between the various leaderships. Right. You know, they can all be bad, but bad, differently bad. And 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 that's a point I, I want to drive to uh, to the listeners here because it really you know angers me when I hear that. Oh yeah, they're all the same. Well, they're all bad, but they're not the same. They they have different tools. They have different. Uh, 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 risk appetite. They have different, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, ambitions. Some of them are purely local or national. Others are regional. I mean, so I, I want to be clear on that that point. Absolutely, and also some can, if if history is kind, at some point, uh, some can be either thrown out peacefully, or potentially the party can be reformed to a point that it's a productive partner. That's the best case scenario. And then there's another that you simply cannot, you cannot have that discussion. It'll be met with violence. And that is a fundamental difference. But that said, I agree with the over, I agree with the, the slogan does resonate for the reasons you just described, that it offers blame on everyone, but it's not the same blame on every single individual. That, that is important. Otherwise, it would be just a, a senseless slogan without meaning. So I think it, the meaning is, the meaning remains in exactly what you are challenging on each individual and each party, and Hezbollah does have a unique status. It is the armed militia that remains armed, and it's, uh, it has no, uh, no curiosity, at least from within at this point, to join the rotten club of Lebanese political parties and then allow for a transition into something better that doesn't seem on the table whatsoever. I, I want to ask you if you have any optimism given all that's happening. And I'll include everything here. Prior to the prior prior to the blasts, hyperinflation, economic collapse, political uncertainty, that's the best way maybe, <laughs> the rosiest way to describe it, um, the potential for violence, negligence, corruption, uh, state intimidation, free expression is being attacked regularly, um, the things that I think made us feel like we were part of a bubble maybe in Lebanon, that we could ride out certain storms, maybe. That bubble has burst with many things that happened, including the Beirut blasts. And, you know, I know that the whole city felt the, the shock, and I know the whole country has been mourning, And uh, but I think it to me, it's a permanent scar. I can't see us. I can't see us sort of healing from that moment. I, I sense, and I want you to correct me if you if you disagree here. I sense that maybe, maybe it's too late for reform. That maybe now it's either going all the way, whatever that takes, just going all the way, or dealing with a failed state. And I know life isn't that simple. I know it's not binary in that sense, but that's. That's the feeling I got from the blasts, that within two or three days, you should see either leaders fleeing the country or being dragged from their homes. And so far, none of that. And that that's, the, that's the blast that should deliver something. And it, it, I just, uh, I worry two weeks later, the verdict is a blip. No one's been held to account yet for the blasts. And... The neighborhoods that both of us know so well in Beirut are still in a, in a very, very difficult situation. We know too many people that are either injured or perhaps scarred for life as well. So I don't want to end it too bleak, but I want you to sort of, I want to gauge your mind on that. Uh, is reform still possible or is it too late that we actually need something uh, more fundamental to, to change what we're going through? Very difficult one because um, I basically have to reconcile uh, the analyst in me with uh, <laughs> with uh, the Lebanese in me, with the father in me, with uh, with the son in me. I mean, you know, it's 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 really um, 
all the voices in your head and more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I do have voices in my head. I, I mean, I, I, I play with these arguments all the time. Look, um, I, 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 I know how it's going to sound, uh, and it, it's quite horrible, but it, I can see a scenario where Lebanon is a mix of Venezuela and Somalia. Um, and it breaks my heart to say something like that. But, you know, since, since 2011, 2012, I just felt that the erosion of state capability uh, of, uh, uh, um, of, of the state in general, of institutions, the rise of corruption, I mean, you know, just, just stunning. I mean, I, I, I wrote a piece, I'll send it to you it, it, in 2012, like saying, you know, stop using the word resilience. I mean, it's on, it's on, on paper. Uh, yeah. this. Um, so you, I, you, would, I, you I, would enjoy Lena Munzer's recent piece about that. I believe yes, it was New York I Times. Have, I, very, very, very much so. Yeah. It's yeah. very eloquent. And I, I enjoyed it, although it also broke my heart like yours. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it's, I mean, in a way, uh, you know, it's, it's people like her uh, that give me, you know, some hope. Um, uh, that, that that we can uh, uh, get some things on track. Look, I, I don't want to be too lyrical. I'm, again, I'm not an activist at heart. Thing, um, it's very simple. Uh, if we want to save the country from collapse, uh, and uh, first we we need to you know uh, realize that we don't have the luxury of time. We just w wasted over six months with the Jab government. Uh, no deal with the IMF, uh, you know, complete yeah. disgraceful uh, debates between the banks and MPs and others about and the central bank and about the sizes of law when we actually have excellent economists who have actually done mm -hmm. an excellent forensic, you know, study of, of what we have <laughs> and told us we're in dire straits and they're Lebanese and they're, they, they're not, you know, they, they're, they're looking out for the best interests of the country. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not even there. We, we don't even, have, I mean, the, the IMF is, is shaking its head and saying you're, you're going, you know, towards that, that wall and we have zero credit uh, facilities at this point. We don't have enough reserves. And we're still like behaving as if, you know, we have the luxury of time. How much time will it take for, to put together a new government? And why isn't the idea that, uh, uh, you know, Sami Atallah and others at LCPS and, you know, a bunch of others, and I also subscribe to it, of an of a exceptional government, you know, that is charged with negotiating with the IMF and preparing a, an electoral law for a year plus so that people have... This is what we should be talking about right yeah. now. Um, and then the problem is, you know, is shared. Uh, you know, the politicians are doing a very good job at stalling and, and, and playing. I mean, again, you know, you, they talk as if, as if the blast hadn't, hadn't happened. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You know, in the past yeah. couple of days, we, were, we, we had uh, Hassan Nasrallah and Gibran Basil. I may have missed others, uh, but giving those, uh, those uh, 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 press conferences, I mean, not press, uh, those, uh, those speeches, I mean, you feel like you don't, you don't get what hap just, just happened in the country. I mean, but by the way, they wouldn't dare their, show their faces in the neighborhoods that were destroyed just to show sure, you sure. what the answer is. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I would love it, um, you know, to watch a couple of videos of politicians ran out of the country. Um, I think to, the problem for a very long time is that uh, we, we accepted them, we, we embraced them. I mean, we're all guilty of that. Uh, I mean, I certainly am because I've engaged with that political class. Um, it's a time for ostracizing them. It's a time for, uh, you know, making them feel bad. Uh, you know, it's the time to, to shame them. Uh, and, you know, I can tell you that when I talk to officials abroad, uh, they never have anything positive to say about our political class. <laughs> they roll their eyes. They, you know, I mean, this is, this is one fundamental problem uh, about, about Lebanon is that our sense of self-importance is so big that we actually miss the fact that most countries no longer care about us. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily uh, 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 blame them. Don't, 
don't get me wrong, they care about us, as in, you know, they don't want to see a, a humanitarian disaster and stuff. Right. But we were given chances, we were given funding, we were giving, uh, given attention like almost no other country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we have the Beirut blast and, and everyone talks about it. I mean, of course, because it was horrifying. But, you know, this is why I tell people, it's like Lebanon is no longer a strategic issue. And that's, I, 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 I made that point to you in, back in October, and I want to make it uh, again. It's no longer a strategic issue. At a time where the environment lease is collapsing in Libya, which is all rich, and Yemen, which has 24 million people, and in Iraq and Syria next door, that is in absolute nightmare and, and things like that. Lebanon is not, a, when you have possible U.S.-Iran, uh, 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 you know, uh, conflict, and, and we are not a strategic issue at the end. However, we have a way of catching the headlines like no one else. That's because people know our food and they like it. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, one half of the, the dresses on the Oscars evening are by Lebanese who, you know, including Rabi yeah. uh, uh, Akehouz and uh, uh, I just forgot his name. Elisab, uh, maybe? Uh, Elisab. Elisab, yeah. but also the designer who, who lost everything uh, oh, by um, the port. Anyway, because 15% of the traders in London are Lebanese. And because, I mean, you know, I can go on and on and on. But can, I, know, can our, I ask you, though, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to go back before the, the comparison to Somalia and Venezuela. I, I just wanted to make sure I got this right, that you can imagine Lebanon becoming both a failed economy and a failed state. Did, did I get that right? That it's that it, the, the two things are going to be, in a sense, permanently damaged. You will have a state that yeah, cannot... I mean, yeah. I, 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 they are in, in Lebanon. They are interlinked. I mean, I think right. that once the economy, once we have a failed economy, we will right. have a failed state. But, but then also, you, you said something which resonated with me that it's time to ostracize, and that's been happening. You do have it, and you said it yourself, which is there's no way. I mean, Macron was welcomed to Jamaisi. There's no shot in hell on would join him in that Kazdura across Jamaisi or Madam Khaya. There's no way he would even show his face. There was yeah, Gibraltar, but I, I, yeah. Let me interrupt you on, yeah. on that one. Mm-hmm. You do remember when Fuad Sanyuha was at the EUB concert and, and that, they, you know, they booed him out. And they booed him out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I probably would have joined the, the, the booing. But, you know, I wouldn't have been worried that uh, Fuad Sanyuha would have lashed out at us. Of at course. At the end of the day, yeah. he stood up and left. You're, the problem that yes. we have in Lebanon is that we, those politicians may feel, may actually be. Uh, 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 ostracized but you know the tough guys you know are we are we going to be able to do that to right. some Hezbollah uh, 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 um, Abadai or Aon Abadai or Uwet Abadai in I don't know in Shari or, or even in, even Birri during Bal- the recent exactly. stuff yeah they're going to be they're going to be tough up but so then we, we, we shouldn't just ostracize them among polite society sure. in Beirut but right? the, and that yeah Oh, go ahead. No, but in that toxic mess, that that horrible—I mean, you, everything that's wrong right now—is there anything more that can be done to at least, to at least not, not ensure that we're heading towards Somalia and Venezuela? Because you said ostracizing, and yes, that is being done. I think that's being done more now than than ever in terms of being able to ridicule certain leaders. And I agree with you—the bullies or the thugs or the armed culprits. Uh, are not afraid yet, but is that on the horizon in your mind that that you could see the rage eventually reaching the gates of power, and where you I, could I mean because I know it's it's almost sounds silly to say it, but I think is there any way to break down that wall, given given the horrible hand we've been dealt. Look, the analyst in me will answer you this way. Um, ultimately, when things get really hard, and they're already hard, but when they get you know, much harder, um, people will, again, look for a semblance of order, security. They will yes. look for services and food and things like that. Right. And uh, there are some people and some organizations in this country um, that are able to deliver all this, yeah. but they will do so in exchange for sectarian loyalty, right. in terms, uh, they will uh, exchange this in. Uh, uh, they, they'll do this uh, for 
political uh, obedience and, and so on. So right. my concern is that if you let this process of taftik of the dawli and the iqtisad, I mean, you know, if we get to that, that, that point, uh, people will, will no longer think uh, in terms of, you know, let's improve things. They will think in terms of let's survive that moment right. at right. any cost. Yeah. And we know this dynamic from war days. Yeah. You know, yeah. The 1975 1990 war in, in Lebanon, a lot of people who knew better accepted the warlords. Because, because they needed to get, uh, 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 you know, a, a modicum of security and order. Yeah. Uh, and if that meant uh, uh, um, uh, bowing to some guy, uh, you know, who had the big guns, then so be it. Um, tomorrow, if there are checkpoints around the country by various militias and so on, uh, and if I'm a father in Beirut and I need to get formula for my baby, uh, I will bribe the guy yeah. at the checkpoint, and I will be part of the, 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 this, this new uh, economy, yeah. uh, 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 this quasi-war economy. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to get there, and I think that there are ways to avoid this. Uh, but we are missing every opportunity at this point. I mean, the, the record of the Diab government um, is horrendous from that perspective. We made zero uh, uh, progress on the single most important file that this government had to deal with, which was negotiation with the IMF yeah. to get back onto financial markets and be able to fund the operations of the country. Since then, we lost our port. You know, just to put it in a say, we yeah. lost our port and one quarter of our capital. And that, this is how bad it is. And, you know, I, I'm not saying it to make you sad or myself, but I just want us to understand the, the magnitude of the problem. So if there is a new government, and I hope there will be a new government, and I'm certainly not going to get the government I want, but, you know, I'm hoping that it will be better than the one that just resigned. Mm. There, the first two months have to be all about this. Yeah. Talk to the IMF figure out what the, the financial audit is, you know, let's start, and it's going to be very painful. Yeah. You know, the lira is never going to go, uh, the, the, the dollar is never, uh, the lira is never going to go up to 1,500 liras for, for, for the dollar. That's gone, okay? We, yeah. a lot of things that we took for granted are gone, but it's better to accept the harsh reality and start fixing things than live in Nala land as a number of politicians want us to do. I mean, you know, some of the debates in, in Parliament, among bankers and so on about, you know, how to distribute the losses and so on, are just delusional. You know, for many reasons, I appreciate your voice. And uh, I'll use the word sober because you used it at the start. I, I enjoy your sober analysis. And um, both the Lebanese in you and the analyst, even if they conflict at times, I like hearing both. And uh, it resonates with me because I'm still looking for some light at the end of the tunnel. And at the same time, it's very difficult to find it. But, uh, but you keep looking anyway, wherever, wherever you can find it, I think, at this point. And yeah. the, the analogies to the war years, I mean, these are, these are why the earlier generations gave up on the country. They had to deal with the situations you're describing, having to negotiate to get your child some milk, negotiating with a, uh, a militia at a checkpoint. These are things most people don't want to deal with, yet they're faced with that dilemma. Either survive or deal with the abnormal. And I don't know. I, uh, I hope months from now, if we speak again, there'll be some optimism <laughs> to look at, maybe, even if it's doubtful. And uh, yeah, everything you said about an, an incoming government desperately needing to tackle the things that this current government, for many reasons, didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone will be watching. And uh, okay. maybe we'll, uh, uh, yeah, please, please. I'm often wrong. I'm, I'm <laughs> often wrong. Um, you know, I, I don't say this uh, too loudly. Uh, you know, I don't want my wife uh, to, uh, to, to use this against no, me. No, no, no. You're always, I'm, you're I'm, always I'm, wrong. Like, With your wife, you're always wrong. That's the rule. <laughs> I, what I'm trying to say is that I, I really want to be wrong on this one. Yeah. I really, really want to be because... Like you, I have I have loved ones, I have dear friends, I have I have good memories, I have you know, I, I 
I really want my, my, my daughter to go and spend time in, in Lebanon and I want her to be exposed to, you know, the, our food and, and our, our culture and, and, and so on. And, and it hurts. And like you, it hurts. Uh, we feel guilty. We're abroad. We're the lucky privileged ones. We, we have either this visa or this passport or this, this job abroad and so on that allows us to do this. Um, but, you know, we, we owe it. We owe it to our, our citizens, uh, our, our fellow citizens, uh, to, to, to help uh, when, whenever possible. But we also owe them the truth about how dire the situation is. They know it very often because they live it, yeah. but they don't necessarily see it in its entirety. And the way I see it as an analyst is that this is as serious a situation as it gets. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well said. And you know what? Every conversation I had about the banking sector before the collapse were from analysts abroad saying, you, this is not going to last. And every voice from, not every, but most voices from within were, things will improve. It's fine. We can ride this out. So yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I, everything you said resonates. And uh, I'm going to end it with a slightly positive note. Both of us, I think, have a knack for taking parts of Beirut with us. I have the old lighthouse across the apartment. You have the Corniche, and this, my friend, is a lovely photo. And for me, it resonates because this is where I grew up. This is Ross Beirut, the Corniche, and I really like that photo. It's one of the, my favorite backgrounds so far. 200 and some episodes in, I think this is, the, this is it. So I, I envy you. You have a great photo. And uh, no, I, um, I don't know. I really appreciate your analysis and I look forward to speaking again and really thank you for staying awake rather late with me just after the verdict was issued. I, re I really appreciate it. So thank you, Emil. Perfect. Thank you, Ronnie. Thanks for listening. And a friendly reminder to help support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box below. Until next time, I'm Ronnie Shatah. And this is the Beirut Banyan.